Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast, a weekly podcast where we talk about the ins, outs, ups and downs of work and share some ideas for action, some tools for you to try out to give you a little bit more confidence and control over your career development. And this week, we are diving into the world of artificial intelligence. Oh, <laughs> it's a tune. Maybe I should have got an AI. That we are, to be honest. <laughs> I can't believe well, I got you to AI do it. could be recording this. I know. I know. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's not me. No, it definitely. I feel like it might be slicker. <laughs> It was AI than this. So what, much slicker. So much slicker than what might be coming. Yeah, I'm quite surprised that I've persuaded you to do this. And then you've like gone off and discovered loads of other stuff. I'm like very impressed with your commitment to the podcast this week. Well, you know, open mindset and all that. <laughs> so we'll tell you a little bit more about what we have done and learnt and how it will help you with your development in a minute. But Sarah, I know that you have some good news for our listeners. I do indeed. So Squiggly Career book. We have turned the Squiggly Career into a video book. I say we. We didn't do any of the production, which is why it looks incredible and has interesting animations. It has us on screen doing drawings. It has loads of Squiggly Career stories. And if you've not come across a video book before, I mean, it really does what it says on the tin. Um, (laughs) It's about 50 minutes long. It's all broken down into videos for each of the chapters. You get to download all of the exercises and the workbook. We think it's a really interesting and inclusive way of learning because it's really visual. You know, you can break it down. It feels really bite-sized. You can actually download it and also watch it offline which I think is quite helpful for people's commute and things like that. And very handily for four weeks, everybody who listens to the podcast can get a free copy of the Squiggly Career video book. So if you want to try it out, basically, and just see whether it's helpful for you, you can get the Squiggly Career. And then obviously, if you want to look at other ones, you can do that. So how to get your free video book of the Squiggly Career, you need to go to litvideobooks.com. So lit is L-I-T and then videobooks.com forward slash the hyphen squiggly hyphen career. Of course, we will put that URL in the show notes and we'll share it when we share this podcast episode. And then basically you click to buy, you go to your cart to do your checkout and you create an account and then your code, all capitals, is squiggly careers podcast so I know that's probably always a bit tricky to listen to and to jot that down so maybe this is the one time we think I will look at those show notes for the first (laughs) time ever because I know that's not something that I do in a podcast very often or you can always email us helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com if you get a bit lost you can't find it 
and you can use the video book on either website or mobile with the same login so hopefully it will feel helpful I hope that feels like a useful thing for our listeners and we would love some feedback so if you do get your free copy if you've had a chance to watch it we'd love to know your reflections what works well about it any even better ifs whether you think it's something you would use again in the future so hopefully a good little extra squiggly bonus to start this week's episode squiggly bonus free learning in exchange for feedback (laughs) so let's talk about artificial intelligence so it is a topic getting loads of attention and to be honest i've sort of heard people talking about it and i've kept i've almost been thinking oh do you know what i need to look into that a little bit more it's been on my like learning list for a while like oh my gosh is chat gpt gonna replace career coaching and what is this going to mean for the future of our business and i should probably look into this but i just it sort of felt I don't know very noisy on lots of social media websites and I'm not really I wasn't really sure where to start with it but I thought well this it's worth experimenting with so the reason we're covering this is because we do think there is some potential value in some of the tools that are driven by artificial intelligence that could help you with your development but we wanted to road test it for you first so we wanted to take lots of different I called it use cases and Sarah's like, that sounds way too like technical, like lots of different <laughs> things that you might do in your day to day, basically the normal stuff that you would do and then take all these tools that everyone's talking about and work out, well, are they actually useful? Is it a lot of noise or is it helpful? Because if it is helpful, then maybe we should bring these into our work, into the way our teams work and just get a bit more comfortable with them. And if it isn't helpful, maybe we should just do what we do really well as humans and stop getting distracted by all the headlines. So we are your guinea pigs and we have road tested these (laughs) things for you and we're going to be as practical as possible about what we think about them. And I think I really remember a few years ago hearing the chief creative officer of Facebook, and they were called Facebook at that time, talking about the importance of play and how when you play with tech, you really get a feel for what it does and how it works. So as much as I think you can read about AI, and I've done a bit of reading and I've read a few articles and seen people share kind of different points of view and perspectives on, you know, the ethics of AI or how it can work alongside us rather than sort of against us or how it can make our lives easier. But I do think it's only when you have a go that you just get a real idea for the stage that that technology is at how it might help for, whether it doesn't work for you. And so I think that is almost the main message I'd encourage everybody to have a think about when you're listening, like almost in a very no pressure sort of way. Can you have a play a bit like Helen and I have done? And honestly, the more I've sort of played with everything, the more fun I've had because I've not felt like, oh, I must be doing this because I feel like it's going to replace me tomorrow. I felt more, oh, well, how can it help me? Sort of starting off with an optimistic mindset of thinking, well, hopefully there's some good stuff to be learned along the way. That has definitely been true. Certainly for somebody who's sort of, I'm not as into tech as Helen in is, but I think, well, if I've enjoyed it, I reckon everybody else can too. So what we'll do is we'll go through the situations when we think you can use this stuff and we'll talk about the tools that we tried out and then we will summarise it all for you. So in the pod sheet, which you can get from our website, amazingif.com, you'll find all of the links there. And then if you follow us on social media at amazingif on Instagram or amazingif our LinkedIn page, we'll do a, like a pod note there so that you'll be able to download it and you'll be able to try out these tools and find them really easily. But yeah, it's more about 
having a play, having a go, experimenting and just sort of enjoying it, seeing what happens. I think that's what Sarah and I have done. And also Sarah and I haven't really talked about this. So I don't know what she thinks of the tools that she's tried out. So I am, I'm listening and learning at the same time as you. So Sarah, the first thing that you did was use AI to help you write a CV. Yeah, so I use something called Kick Resume. And we've done a What Worked Well, Even Better If, obviously, <laughs> uh, for each of the AI tools. Who knew the, the AI could probably do the What Worked Well, Even Better If for you of their own tool, which gets a bit meta if you think about it like that. But what I really liked about Kick Resume, and generally when I've looked at CVs, there are now so many examples to borrow brilliance from. I actually think there's no excuse to not have a decent CV now because there are expert guides that you can read on Kick Resume. So it does give you content I think that content is written by humans. I think it is because they they describe (laughs) the experts. I don't think they're made up experts. I was like, oh, what's real and what's not? I think the expert guides are written. There's loads of examples. There's loads of templates. And then what you can do, which I did try, is you can turn your LinkedIn into your CV. And they show you step by step how to do it. I followed those steps and I could do it. Who knew you can download all of your data from LinkedIn? but you can. So I sort of have this file on my computer now with like all of my LinkedIn. You literally pop it into Kick Resume. You choose the template that you want. So obviously I love doing that. I loved picking. I was like, oh, which which one do I want? And I was looking at the design. Obviously I quite like looking at the design stuff. And then it sort of puts everything in there for you. Now, is it 100% right? Is it a CV I would ever send to anyone? Of course not, because it's basically, it can only take and sort of scrape the data that's there. So would I want to personalize it? Yes. Are there some things you change? Of course. But it does do, I reckon, 60 to 70% of the hard work for you if your LinkedIn is up to date. So because obviously it's put in all the dates, it's put in all the roles. It gives you so many suggestions of like, well, you could do it a bit like this, or here's to how to write a really good cover letter. Here's how to write a really good summary. The majority of what I've found on Kick Resume and on other places is free. Like most of the time, there are some free things that you can access. And then usually at some point, you hit a paywall because I assume at some point they have to make some money. Um, and so paywalls might be, oh, if you wanted 10 different templates or if you wanted lots of examples of cover letters. The only thing I would say I found when I was particularly looking at CVs and cover letters, because I guess they're an obvious application for AI is it almost becomes overwhelming. I was like, wow, there are like a hundred different options for what my CV should look like. Some which you can quickly discount, but I was like, well, how do I know if that one's better than another one? I mean, they do go quite far. They actually, on the CV templates, they put logos and they'll say, oh, like a CV in this format, like this person was like hired by Adidas. And they Mm. they like name the brands and they name like, basically they're saying, this has it worked. Works. It's sort of a yeah. stamp of a stamp of approval, which I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. So I think my conclusion on the CV and cover letter stuff was it's a great place to start if you're feeling a bit stuck. I think it would challenge you to maybe consider, you know, doing a CV in a slightly different way or maybe including some things like skills or capabilities in different ways. I definitely saw stuff that I thought, oh, I'd borrow that idea. Do you still need to do some of the heavy lifting to really make sure it reflects you and it tonally feels right for you. Yes, but I still felt like there was lots of useful stuff to be had. And you know, you said you connected to your LinkedIn and then it got you sort of 60, sort of 70% there with the CV that you would then need to personalise. How long did that process take, like from logging on, connecting with LinkedIn? So there was like a three-step process 
which I did the first two steps and then you sort of have to wait 24 hours to get the download from LinkedIn. So you couldn't do it all on the same day. So I did it yesterday. I got the files today from LinkedIn. They both came through. That was really easy. You literally drag and drop them into Kit Resume. The CV appears then straight away in the template. If you wanted it that day, you wouldn't be able to do it. But within mm. within two days, you can. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so imagine you've got this amazing CV that you have uh, got from Kit Resume and then you've improved it yourself uh, with your very human skills. Then you get an interview. So the next bit of AI we need is to help us prepare for an interview. And Ooh. I used, I used interviewschool.com. So I went onto the website. I did it like before the paywall. So there is a paywall thing where you get loads of different like interviews that you can take. I just sort of went with one that was available to everybody. So Sarah, I interviewed for a sales executive at Verizon and I sat there at a kitchen table and this AI man interviewed me for the job and it was so I honestly it was so real that my little boy Henry came up to me and was like mummy is this live and I was like no but get out get I'm being interviewed by AI get out of the screen get don't interrupt screen. me I don't want inter- to pass this interview yes, I, I know well do you know what it got a little bit like that so this man AI was asking me a series of questions that would you know give me practice in terms of answering for this job as a sales executive and I actually felt a little bit under pressure so he asked the question <laughs> and there was probably a good like, thing though right yeah and they were actually quite good questions but he'd say like um talk about a time when you've negotiated for something that you wanted at work and then you then answer it and whilst you are answering it he's like nodding and like moving his head Ooh, in quite a realistic so way weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. And then you do your answer and then you press like next question and then he comes at you with the next question. And it does feel a little bit like he's coming at you with the next question because like if you were interviewing me, there would be a bit of a call. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we would, I might ask you a question. You might ask a follow-up question on what I've said. So there's a, a natural flow that maybe creates connection in an interview. Whereas this was like an interrogation for a sales job (laughs) a little bit but equally I he asked me about six or seven questions they were good questions they made me think about my answers and then you got feedback on the clarity of your answers on keywords on like your pace or those sorts of things so actually I think it is quite good preparation for you to feel a little bit more confident. It's sort of like a role play that no one else sees. Mm. And I would have come up with more ideas as a result of doing that than if I just turned up at the interview with the real person. Yeah. So I think it was good. You like I say, I just did one of the ones that were available and I think if you pay you get access to more sort of specific jobs, more specific prep. But I think it's worth it. I would recommend interview school if you have got an interview coming up to practice your skills, feel confident in your answers. Anything that you didn't like or that didn't quite work for you? The report that is supposed to generate a report for me and that took quite a long time. It said it was going to take it in 15 minutes and it took a long time. And so I thought, oh, you know, you know, some of it's not quite there yet. Like the the idea yeah. and the opportunity is pretty impressive, but some of the text not quite there yet. Still a little bit glitchy. So that was probably a, sort of an even better if on that platform. But I mean, I think it's it's very, very nearly there. No, I think just... I wouldn't want to think, it made me think two things actually. It made me think, oh gosh, actually interviews are nicer. So I wouldn't want someone to think that was what an interview is going to be like, that you have to be Mm. interrogated because I think it is important that you ask questions back and it is important that there's rapport and you get none of that. And then the other thing that it made me think was, what if 
companies start doing this as like the first round. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. When they've got to do filtering, surely companies are going to start using it. And I'm not sure people, like you and me, I think we would come up with ideas and we would, you know, it would be the bouncing between people that would probably help us to be at our best. And so I'm, I made me think, oh gosh, if companies are going to start use this as like first round screening, I feel like that could screen out people that might be really good because that's just not a particularly comfortable way of communicating for some people. So that's my only little like, not 100% sure Red about flag. it. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. And I think back to your point about usability, I found a real difference with everything I tested. I got very annoyed if it's too hard to test. Mm. So I think with all of them, you know, when it's easy to access and it's easy to have a go at, if they basically remove barriers to entry, they're all the ones that I got most involved in, started playing with loads more. When they were making you like sign up, and I'm sure it's because they all want your data, but there was like loads of like hoops to go through. I just sort of lost interest or I was like, oh, you're making this too hard for me to to even test out. And mm. I think with a lot of them, because they are at quite early stages, the ones that are really smart are just making it really easy to test and just mm. to kind of have some fun with. Okay, so we've written our CV, we've done our interview, we've got the job. We're now in like the day-to-day of our work and we are probably in back-to-back meetings. We're doing presentations, we're doing Teams calls, we're doing Zoom calls. So how can AI help us now? Well, it can help you to improve your communications in the meetings. There is one tool that I paid for and it is poised.com because I was so intrigued about how could this help me improve my presenting skills, my communications, and it's really good. It's really, really, really good. This is my, one of my favourites. You favorites. got so enthusiastic about this. I was I like, she absolutely one. loves whatever this is. I'm not sure you're going to love Tell this. Tell us more. But, Tell us okay. more. All right. Okay. So you go on poise.com and I think you pay, I think I paid like 15 pounds and I'll, and I'll turn it off soon because I just did it for the benefit of our listeners. And what it does is you connect it to your Microsoft Teams and your Zoom account. But that was pretty simple. Didn't take right. me long to do that. And then it sits in the background oh of your God. meetings. No. I know you're not going to like this. Wait, wait. So it sits in the background of your meetings and every one of your meetings, it's recording just you, (gasps) not the other people, just you. And what it does, it does two things. So real time, you get feedback on your pitch, your pace, your filler words, your domination of the discussion, like real time, you can see this all flashing up. And then afterwards, what it does is it saves all the insights on a dashboard and it gives it like a score. So you can see overall what was your communication score. I'm looking and at yours now because you've given me a diagram to look at. I know. And then you get loads of feedback on like your confidence and clarity and all, and all this kind of stuff. Mine's a little bit misleading, I think, because a lot of what we do on Zoom is we present, you know, we're presenting squiggly sessions. So it's it's slightly misleading. But I could just delete those squiggly sessions and look at it more as like actual conversations and meetings. Meetings. And that would probably give me a fairer. But unsurprisingly, Sarah, I score quite highly on like the energy of my communications and quite badly on on my pace because most of my feedback is that I should slow down a little bit, which is, you know, not, (laughs) not new news to you, real friend, not AI friend. So yeah, I would yeah, really recommend it. I mean, for Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I I really don't agree with in the moment feedback because that's so counter to I mean, today I was talking to a group about the importance of being present and, you know, distraction downfalls and how the quality of our attention equals the quality of our thinking. And so if you suddenly are giving real-time pop-up feedback that is distracting you from a conversation, 
especially if you're already somebody who is quite easily distracted. And I always ask people, like, how often are you interrupted in a day? Essentially, what that is doing is interrupting you. So I am very anti that. But you can turn it off. In terms of focus. Yeah, if you can turn that bit off. Yeah, you can, that's every time I've, I have also found that distracting, but I'm just looking at it now. I think it's actually recording me now, hilariously. But oh, I'm looking at it. I I'm know, getting recorded. You. I don't even know. Not this you. is exactly why we need ethics. It doesn't record you. It just I records know, me. I know. Okay. But it says like here, I did a session earlier and it says, you could have sounded more confident by intentionally pausing to breathe. It helps you feel in control of your message. And then it has breathe, a little Helen, statement. Breathe, Helen, it. Breathe, breathe, breathe. <laughs> it has a little statement that I said, and then you can play back. It records just that. That little clip so the advice it gives you it like just snips that little bit so you can play it back and listen to it it is really really smart and i, I do, do think that think, is useful i think it's useful as well like i think i would recommend this to people i feel like i might have a go at that one mm. turn off automatically straight away the live feedback thing because i'm very, I, I don't agree with that i don't understand how that could ever be useful for the way that our brains work and what we know about our brains but i do think Sometimes I, I've i got some hypotheses about some things that I think I do, but it'd be really great to get feedback on those things that I think are unhelpful. So now, like you were saying, well, maybe I do know about pace, but maybe it's really reinforced that. Like, I think I'm not as good when I'm meeting someone for the first time because I think I get nervous and I think I interrupt too much. And I think I dominate some conversations more than I would like to. So maybe just having, you know, like data for your development, we talk about mm-hmm. having data. It gives you some really specific data for your development and then presumably you could then look at it over time and see if you're getting any better. Yeah, because you get a yeah. score. That so bit you can I like. see your scores improving. The filler words is really useful as well. Like mine, mine are often so's and, and, it, and like it doesn't always make comfortable yeah. reading, but actually, you know, no. that's good for your development. I'm going to do that one. I like, yeah, I, I, I like 50%, 50% of it and not the other 50%. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by eHarmony the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So now with the help of AI, you have your dream job, you're smashing that dream job. um, And you're thinking about, well, where shall I go next? How do I explore my career possibilities? And so for career possibilities and thinking about where your career could take you, 
I used a tool called wouldyouratherbe.com. And this really encourages you to explore the art of the possible. So it kind of makes you go through a careers quiz, asking you loads of questions about yourself, but also about lots of different kinds of jobs. And it is like, would you rather? So it's like, would you rather be a beautician or an engineer? And then it gives you a short paragraph about what of those jobs involve. So you do get a bit of a feel for, I think, well, I don't know what it looks like to be an engineer. And it will describe you know, the sorts of things you might do, kind of spending your time doing those roles. And it definitely broadens your thinking about all the different types of jobs that are out there. I would say of everything I tried, it was the one that I enjoyed the least Mm -hmm. because it was a lot of just clicking through. So it was like, literally, would you rather millions of these questions like career advisor and I was like oh yeah maybe that one um or (laughs) sports star and I was like well if you're giving me sports star maybe so they're quite um dramatically different and they try and motivate you to keep going because they obviously need more data I guess to try and then be useful and then they sort of categorize them into oh you would like creator jobs for example and then they give you lots of ideas for okay well if you wanted to do creator jobs here are loads of examples of what that could look like it was reminiscent for me of really career advice that you do at school but Mm. maybe slightly more sophisticated and I wasn't then sure what I would then do with it I think if I maybe never had a job before it might you know if you're really starting from scratch maybe it would help you but I did have to fill in a lot of stuff about me at the start that was all on LinkedIn and I'd actually thought I hadn't even done the other tool yet and I was like surely this could just does it not just know this you know I was like by this point I'm expecting LAI to be super smart I just know this and some of it felt I was a bit worried some of it felt not as inclusive as it could be because I did get asked quite a lot of questions about things like my qualifications Mm. and I was like oh but surely we will sort of want to give people options and opportunities that are not just based on their education level so I struggled a bit with the sort of this like how I'd find this useful the kind of so what of this I would almost like to hear from somebody perhaps who maybe if you were at school and you're you're, you know you're not even thinking about your career when you're 16 17 18 unless you're very vocationally focused I guess but maybe at that point I could imagine it might be a bit more useful because it does sort of just show you all the different things means you don't limit yourself too soon there were lots of different styles and roles but I I wasn't sure about this one it was and you know, it might just be that I'd not seen the potential. And you know, you mm. do have the same thing of like, am I using this in the right way? But it's it, it didn't work for me and I couldn't think of anyone who I would then almost recommend it for. It doesn't sound as useful as like a more retro curious career conversation. You know, like I'm gonna go and no. have a couple of curious conversations and I'm gonna find out how you got to where you got to and what you did and what you've learned and think about whether that could be a good fit for me in my future. I feel like I would get more value having a couple of curious career conversations in quite an analogue way than using this AI would you rather be solution. Yeah, and it sort of said to me, it really did tell me things I already knew. Mm. So it did say, oh, you know, you'd probably quite like jobs where you get to create. And I just think a lot of people would already know that. And then it was giving me these sort of very wide range of roles maybe not the support with how to get there or then what I might do and most people are coming from they're doing something today um, mm. and I was like oh now I'm being told I need to go and do set design I'm like oh okay well uh, that that feels quite far from where I am right now um so but again maybe we're not maybe we're not the audience so maybe if you are listening 
and you're at the start of your career, have a go and see if you have a different experience. Or if you know someone who's at the start, perhaps share it with them and, and let us know whether they found it useful. One tool that I use to explore career possibilities as well, sort of thinking about what I might want to do in the future, is I used Google Bard, which I think is actually quite like ChatGPT. It, there's like, um, well, I think you have to join a wait list, but then you you immediately get an email that goes, and now you're on the list. It's just a really, it's a really short wait. Yeah, I don't know whether they're trying to play with some psychology of like, oh, I've been accepted into a club. I don't know. But basically yeah. you go onto Google Bard, you join the wait list, and then within about two minutes, you're in the group. And I asked it, I thought, oh, do you know what I'll see I'll imagine I want to work at Microsoft like one of my career possibilities is to work at Microsoft and I thought I will ask it about what it's like to work in marketing at Microsoft in the UK what the company culture's like what the pros and cons are of working with Microsoft and I thought you know what I will compare what it says with my actual experience of working in that organization and it interesting. was pretty accurate. It was pretty accurate because yeah. <laughs> Microsoft's quite nuanced in that the countries you have like what I think of as like big Microsoft in Seattle, and then you have the countries which are kind of sales engines for the businesses. And the culture I would say in the countries is quite different to the center of the business. And it picked up on those nuances in a really. Wow. And I don't I don't know how, but it picked up on those nuances about the difference of working in sort of in country roles versus in central company roles. The pros and cons were very reflective of my experience so I actually thought if you had a wish list of like five companies you wanted to work in and you were trying to work out or what could culturally be a good fit and what might working like there look like I think using a tool like Google Bard chat GPT probably does the same thing definitely time well spent I got asked that very question today so after a workshop someone came up to me and said if I was trying to get a feel for a culture for a company anything that you'd recommend and actually I said well you know have a look at Glassdoor Mm. because you know that'll give you a bit of a feel can be a bit extreme but it'll give you a bit of a feel and I said you know go and have some curious career conversations so look for people who have maybe worked there previously because that's always really interesting because then they've got no vested interest or who work there now who you think you know be prepared to be kind of honest with you about their experiences but that would have been a really good build because I think all of this is not about just doing one thing right we're not going don't have conversations anymore but you know if you were like oh well i've looked at that google bard i'm not sure why why is it called bard by the way well that isn't bard like a scholar you know if you're a bard like b-a-r-d i don't know so i think is it it... i've learned something new today i don't know i don't feel like it's a very you know it's not very universal word is it wasn't yeah wasn't shakespeare we should probably know should we go on should we go on google bard and ask what a bard is i just think it's quite a weird it's quite a weird word right it's not like it's like a everyday word well i mean chat gpt is not really catchy is it no i know i find that really hard to say so i think they should rename it i'm obsessed with them renaming these things into more useful things that are easy to remember um but i do think that is a really helpful you know getting a feel for fit we always talk about that you know be really active about exploring like get a feel for what somewhere's really like and if it helps you to do that i can see that being really useful so next up we're going to think about in your average day how can ai help you to save time what's interesting here is i used a tool that i think could be quite useful and sarah has used the same tool for a different purpose so the tool is WordTune, and sarah what did you use it for writing and summarizing Hmm, okay, so wordtune.com is a tool. Let me tell you how I use it to save time. So I was reading, well, I'd seen a report from the World Economic Forum, which I wanted to read. I think it was something you shared on our team's channel, Sarah, about yep. skills and things. And I looked at it and I was like, huh, 
296 pages. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a beast of a read that I'm not going to be able to do. And I thought, oh, I've got to test these tools for the podcast. And one of the things that WordTune does is it summarizes PDFs, reports, websites. Yeah, and, yeah. And so I tried that I, too. And so I, I just added this 296-page World Economic Forum report. And within, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe less, it had summarized it all for me and I was like wow that's that's pretty useful now when I say summarized it hadn't done like one paragraph it hadn't it didn't condense the 296 pages into one paragraph what it did is it summarized every page so I could scroll down it and I could be like okay so page one that's the key takeaway page two that's key takeaway so I still you know I still had to scroll down but what I found it was quite useful was I was able to go oh that page 36 that looks like probably the bit that's most relevant for me and I could go and spend like more time reading the pages that were relevant it was a good first filter what I don't think it did was gave me the final answer that I would want to get to so when I'm reading a report I'm looking my particular I guess thing that I'm trying to get out of it is key stats and statements that are really sticky and I think for me I was like oh that feels like a a Helen human skill to be able to read that report and go oh that's a sticky stat. I can write a LinkedIn post on that. Or, oh, that's a good idea. There's a there's a nugget in that that we can use in a podcast in the future. And so that curiosity connecting dots thing, it doesn't do that. It basically collects lots of dots and summarizes them for you. But it misses that. Well, I don't know. It misses the stuff that makes it really interesting because I think it almost condenses it in, in quite a generic way really good for saving time I do think it was really useful but I don't think it replaces the need to read and pick out the points that capture interest so I absolutely love it <laughs> uh, I am very very on board with word tune as it turns out I'm like oh my god this is brilliant um <laughs> I do think it so basically I could tell you so much about You're it, so I, spent so much time on it. I have never seen um, you so excited about technology <laughs> so you can put in I just think it's really I think I'm like blown away by how clever some tech is sometimes I'm like oh my god it's just so clever so you can put in a paragraph for example and it can rewrite so it can just it can literally rewrite a sentence and it gives you lots of options that's what I really like about it it doesn't just go here's a rewrite it goes well here's three rewrites you choose the one that you like the best you can shorten so you can literally click on a button that says shorten and it just kind of makes it more you know, condensed and simple, you can expand it. You can use casual or formal tone. I loved playing around with that. And um, <laughs> obviously I prefer the more kind of casual tone. And so I used it on an example. So very specifically, so someone in our team at Amazing If recently asked me to rewrite something for them. They were like, oh, I'm struggling a bit to articulate this thing. Sarah, can you have a go at rewriting it? And I was like, yeah, really happy to do that. I do that quite a bit for people. I'm sort of broadly okay at writing not amazing but okay so then I was like would this be better than me like so I I know what I've written so then I could test myself against it by that point obviously I was getting quite competitive I was like do I beat (laughs) the the bot basically can you beat the bot turns out probably not for something like writing I looked at it and I was like well if we had used this as a team you've got to know your own tone you've got to know your own style but I looked at it and I was like yep There are two or three here that are pretty good and that you then need to tweak a tiny bit. But I was thinking, I think somebody could do that for themselves. Then they wouldn't need me. And then I spend time on things that are adding 
even more value than me rewriting some sentences. And so as much as like you can do it, I was like, well, it's just better. I mean, I put our, I was making Helen laugh because I wanted to do it at the start and she wouldn't let me at the podcast. I put our podcast intro into it. I was like, how would you introduce Squiggly Careers podcast? I then put what we sometimes say and I put that into it. I was like, all of these things are better than what we do. <laughs> uh, Reed, Reed, Reed Hoffman, one of the founders of LinkedIn, has written a book. I think he's written a book using chat GPT. I think that's what he used. It's quite hard to tell sometimes. It's not written by a person. I do think their copy skills, when you're writing simple, straightforward things, do they write creative copy? I've got a hope still that kind of humans can do that. But I, I don't know. I was like, oh, is this going to help us write our next book? Maybe. It's better than you think. And I'm someone who I would be naturally so anti that. I'd be like, well, and I'd back myself. I'd be like, well, no, my writing will always be better. They won't get our tone. The more I've used it, the more I'm like, maybe it should write our next book. Maybe we should <laughs> stop writing books because the AI will just do it for us. It's, it's really made me question life this one has I was just like oh I've, I've got so many questions I mean I um, thought this was going to be a podcast about like top tips for people to try out tech oh right yeah it sorry. feels like we started to question like the universe and our and our role in it as human beings it's gotten quite deep quite quick when you start to see it be good yeah. actually good I was like oh okay well and also it just doesn't bother me because I'm like well I don't I'm not that bothered about being able to you know if that can write a better sentence what I love is better sentences. So if that's what gets to better sentences, then great. But I still think you probably need the human input. You've got to know what you want to write first. But for lots of business writing, you know, lots of business writing isn't really creative. We're trying to be short and specific and concise. And that's something lots of people struggle with. And this solves that problem. It does make you think, doesn't it, about like, well, how do you beat the bot? If the bot's going to get better and better at writing, and it's going to get better at writing really, really yeah, quickly, yeah. it'll learn your tone and it'll be able to do this really quickly. So then are you better than the bot because of the questions you ask of the bot? So does being able to mm. write really good problem statements and come up with really good questions, yeah. is that is that the skill that you invest in? And I think it's... Because you I, you could lose confidence pretty quickly with some of these things and go, well, what's the point in me yes, writing yeah, that's social, media, <laughs> social media copy when the bot could just do it for us? But actually, I think it's like, well... Don't try to compete with tech that is accelerating very fast. It's a losing game. I think it's a losing game. But think yeah. about, well, what makes me, what skills become increasingly relevant when that bit of my skills would have been outsourced to another tool? I use really similar, just in case people want to try a different one. I use Grammarly Go, which has uh, exactly yeah. what Sarah says. It, you can put it in a paragraph and it'll write things for you. I got it to write me a LinkedIn post. It wasn't quite my tone, but it had some of the same functionality that Sarah said, like shorten it, make it more informal, all that kind of stuff, which I quite like seeing. But the thing with Grammarly Go is, I mean, I can see it now on my screen. It integrates, like these things, it's a bit like poised. It integrates into your systems. It's really hard to get rid of it. So now every time I type mm. on like Teams or on my emails, I just see the Grammarly <laughs> pop up all the time. And I'm like, no, go literally go Grammarly, but not the go Grammarly you're trying to market to me. Like, go leave me alone. So I do go need away. to do some, yeah, go away Grammarly. <laughs> I do need to do some deleting of some things that I've downloaded for the sake of this podcast. Oh yeah, me too. I think I've subscribed to about 4 million <laughs> things. And I was like, at one point I started to think, 
I need to stop using my email address. Like, like genuinely, I was like, this is going to be really annoying. So yeah, what we do for our listeners, eh? <laughs> right, we've got a couple more each, everybody. Really quick one that I would recommend trying out if you find you quite like watching video content. So particularly on YouTube. So if one of the ways you learn is by watching video content, really good tool called videohighlight.com. I was really impressed by this. So I took a video, we put all of our weekly pod plus sessions onto YouTube. I took a link from YouTube of one of our Pod Plus sessions, I pasted it into Video Highlight and Video Highlight instantly transcribed our 30 minute Pod Plus session, not only into the exact thing that Sarah had said, because it was Sarah presenting, but it summarized what Sarah had said into headings (laughs) and bullet points. It made you like, I mean, you're quite succinct and useful anyway. It sound good. better <laughs> like even better yeah. like it was it, it it was like bullet points like it was a headline and then like here are five coach yourself questions and then i summarized them all like really useful my caveat on this it didn't work with ted so ted must have some special coding with the ted talks uh. that sit on youtube that meant you couldn't do it with that but any other youtube video and it took i mean cut paste press the button and then 10 seconds later you've wow. got a transcription videohighlight.com well worth a look And so the final AI use case that we're going to talk about today is for coaching. And in lots of ways, I think this is almost the most obvious place because we know that we want coaching to be more accessible, more affordable, and this is a great way for this to happen. And so I used a tool called heypi.com, and so it's H-E-Y and then P-I.com. And it's actually not designed to be a career coach, I don't think, if I've understood it correctly. I think it's designed more to be like your friend or sort of more like a person to just chat to. But I thought I would ask it some career questions just to see what happened because I was even thinking today actually when I went out to get a coffee, so often when I'm being nosy and I overhear conversations, I hear people talking to each other about their jobs or about their careers. And often I really want to dive in and say, oh, if you listen to episode dot, dot, dot of the Squiggly Careers podcast, it might be useful. Obviously, I don't do that. But I think, you know, we do talk to our friends and our families about our jobs and our careers. And so even though I think there's probably a separate episode in coaching slash tech and AI and how it might be useful and when it might not be, I actually thought it might be helpful to try something slightly different rather than a more sort of obvious coaching AI. And I was actually surprised i was really impressed with the quality of the questions that the ai can ask you so i used an example of saying and it is an example helen i promise feeling a bit stuck in my career feeling demotivated i think i want to do something different so that was sort of my stimulus my starting point and yeah it was asking me really good open questions very good coaching style questions it was empathetic in style I felt like it really understood me. I think I could definitely make friends with a robot. I'm so needy. And it also made some quite decent suggestions. So, you know, the sorts of things it started to prompt, I didn't feel like it was patronising or kind of telling me what to do. But, you know, it was sort of saying, well, if this is something you really enjoy, I think I'd put like creativity. You know, could you carve out a bit more time in your day job for that? Or actually, does that feel too difficult to do? So I felt like it was, you know, like an empathetic friend would listening to what I said, offering me some options and then sort of letting me explore and kind of seeing where I went from there. Hmm. I think the things that didn't work for me is I still didn't feel that it was a substitute for a career conversation. But what it is, is immediate and available. So if you just wanted to have a play with it and you've got an immediate career question, how do I ask for a pay rise? I'm having a really difficult relationship with my manager. You could get some initial 
thoughts or questions I think would be quite a good starting point for coaching yourself. So almost you might use it to do a bit of thinking to prompt some thinking. You know, does it give you any suggestions or things you've not thought of for yourself? So it kind of furthers your own thinking. And then I think you could take that into an even more meaningful career conversation. So I can start to see how AI could make career conversations even better. They help you to sort of do more of the hard work for yourself. And we know that's important because then you feel more ownership for, for your answers and for your actions. And the biggest problem I had with it was that the tone was way too enthusiastic for me. Um, yeah, there's a lot of exclamation marks and awesome. I don't know why I feel it sounds like that, but that's what I felt like it sounded like. And so after a bit, it got a bit grating. And, you know, I sort of went, oh, this is not quite for me in its current form. But it is also very clear, which I appreciated. At the bottom of the page, it says, you know, this is still very much being tested. It makes mistakes. Don't necessarily rely on this for advice. And so, you know, if you were thinking, well, is this telling me this is the right answer? I thought it was very clear that it's like, oh, no, it's making some suggestions. It's giving you some options. It's not trying to tell you what to do, which I do think is a really good thing. So like a lot of our other tools, I could really see potential, even if it's not quite there yet. So hopefully you found that a helpful listen, everybody. We know we've gone through loads of different tools. So they are all summarised in the pod sheet, which you can get on amazingif.com. If there are other tools that you have tried out that you think we should know about, please email us, Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. And when we post this on social media, which will be on amazingif on Instagram and on our LinkedIn page there, please comment, share, so that other people can have a play with these things. Our perspective is just the more we play, the more comfortable we get, and the more we also see how these can help us and how we might need to help ourselves with our very human skills too so thank you so much for listening everybody and we'll be back again next week bye everyone bye for now step onto the legendary clay courts of roland garros where the world's best players battle it out at the french open for a chance to win a grand slam title Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.